All right. Welcome to Lead for Clarity. My name is Shondell Sutherland, and I am here with Melanie Montgomery. And we are from the Shondell Group, where we help you, your organization, and your executive teams get to their next level. And we do all things people. We love to help organizations go through the business process so that they can get the best results. And Melanie, how are you doing today? And give me some wins from being on the road with clients this week. Yeah, I'm great. So as we talked about in the past, I was in Mexico last week and that was great to get refreshed. And I actually listened to the podcast, which gave me that reminder while I was on vacation to stay on vacation. (laughs) I giggled to myself. I was like, okay, I'm listening. Um, So I felt like that was a big win for me just in being able to really unplug and detach and really say, you know what, I'm not going to focus on work. That was a huge win for me because I've, I don't know that I've ever really done that before. Um, that There's your self-awareness right there. Well, yes. and I love the fact that I was your backup and it was super fun. We took a, we got a new client that uh, wanted to talk and I simply said, well, Melanie, who I think would be your best lead is on vacation. And what do you think about meeting next week, next Thursday? And she's like, it's fine. And I realized like you probably would have taken that call on vacation. <laughs> yes, and I would. Dead, <laughs> let me just tell everyone, like as your coworker, I just, you had got thrown right into a crazy week and man, Just having your creativity, having your patience, just having all those things that we preach about happen because you unplugged, boy, as an organization, we have reaped the benefits of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was being creative. I was calm. I was patient. And I had a new client start this week and it was fantastic. We had such a great day. Everyone was engaged and I was able to just get right back into it. And I just felt good because I wasn't stressed. Yeah. So this is, uh, if you missed last time, we were really talking about the essential need to take a vacation, mm-hmm. unplug, don't check your email, don't take your calls and really just relax because what it does is it helps your amygdala which is usually uh, all fired up and addicted to adrenaline and all those cortisone, cortisol and all those wonderful dopamine, serotonin kicks Mm -hmm. and fixes. And so we're talking about just the fact that you got to detox from it. And so I'm very proud of Melanie. She is our walking self-awareness extravaganza. Thank you. And, you know, by the end of my vacation, I was just like, I can't wait to get home and do these things that I'm thinking about. It was just, I could not wait to put into practice what I had been thinking about because when my brain calmed down and really went into that relaxation mode, it was doing things in the background. And all of a sudden I had these great ideas that I was so excited to implement. And so when we don't give our brains the chance to calm down, then we don't give it the opportunity to kind of process things in the background and give us insights that we wouldn't normally have. Yeah, I love that. That's where all the creativity, we really um, we really sacrifice creativity. We sacrifice patience mm-hmm. and we really sacrifice those things that every human soul, it really desires, which is connection and joy. And mm-hmm. we sacrifice those to the to really the gods of busyness <laughs> and trying to, keep up with everything. And that's just a a sadness. And in fact, I am going uh, on vacation as soon as possible because (laughs) 
our world has required us to have a real season of busyness. Mm-hmm. And I can see it. I can see it kind of in my, um, I'm not angry, but I'm snippy. Mm-hmm. I'm not as patient. Poor little Scott, you know, he gets my little, what are we doing? You know, kind of thing. And so I'm very, I all, my self-awareness is thankfully increasing because of our emotional intelligence work. And I'm seeing my impatience is kind of one of my clues that um, I need some more rest. Yeah, definitely. You know, we had one um, person ask us yesterday in one of our sessions of, you know, how do we convey well that emotional intelligence is not just inherently there or not? That you actually can grow it because so many people feel like emotional intelligence, you either have it or you don't, you're good at it or you're not. But really emotional intelligence is a skill set that we have to focus on to develop, to really get better on. Um, And we don't, we're not just born with it. We just, we don't just know how to do all these things. And so when we can start looking at it from that perspective of how do I grow and improve and get better, we can do so much. And I know that 15 years ago, I had the emotional intelligence of a rock. And today I'm so much better where I feel like it's just night and day. And I just wish that everyone could go through kind of that life-changing journey that I did to start realizing that I need to develop this. I need to do these things and really put the time and energy into it. And I'm sure you probably have a lot of similar stories. Maybe weren't as terrible as I was, but I'm sure you've gone through a lot of growth in your own emotional intelligence as well. Yeah. I'm a lot older than you. So I have a lot more bumps (laughs) and uh, scars from it. You know, for me, um, my growth of emotional intelligence has just been in this business, you know, working with other leaders and actually helping them. And I feel like that is an opportunity for every leader that we coach is such an opportunity for them to constantly be hearing what's coming out of their own mouth and making sure that they are uh, doing that, that are, am I doing that? And I have to continually do that. Um, So you, as as you all know, I'm a high I, which is an influencer and a high D dominantly. I influence in a dominant kind of way Mm -hmm. with very little compliance and not a whole lot of steadiness. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when you take those disc words and you actually put them in a sentence, it describes us well. So a lot of my um, growth in emotional intelligence has been about uh, realizing that not everyone loves direct communication and I appreciate it. Like I want it to be nice, but I want to know where I stand with people. I want to know what I can do to improve and just realizing that not everyone's like that has been super helpful. I think the other way I've really grown in my um, self-awareness is really the Enneagram. I think after taking the disc and sitting in that for about 10 years and really uh, marinating in my driving forces and what makes me unique in that clarity report that we run, um, getting into the Enneagram and just realizing for all of you who are um, interested, I am a too social. And that means basically that I like to help people but you better love me for it and you better like me. And in fact, I'm going to help you whether you ask for it or not. And so one of the best thing, and I, and I'm not help if I'm not helping, I'm not happy. So one of the things I really have been learning a ton about myself is that guess what, Melanie, not everyone wants my coaching. Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) Especially my relatives. And Mm. so what I'm really focusing in on is what's mine to do. And, um, am I wanted and needed here? And if not, I need to zip it 
And when I zip it, it, I'm able to then take care of my own needs. And that's where my self-awareness really comes into play. Even with my self-regulation is being able to identify what are my needs? Because I anticipate everybody's needs, you know, whether I'm right or not, I know what you need. And I am right a lot. I mean, make a living being right on that kind of stuff. And it's not my job to do it. So then I get burned out because I don't know what I need. So self-awareness for me has been a big journey into really understanding my own needs and living by my values so that I can be my best self for everybody else. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm really curious to hear a little bit more about the tools that you've used or the things that you've implemented to be able to get you through those challenges. Because I'm sure you put in a lot of hard work um, to make that happen, but how did you do it? How, how can we do it so that yeah. we can get from, you know, the, the starting point or the middle point or whatever into that growth? Yeah. Well, you know, besides the tens of thousand dollars of therapy and coaching, <laughs> uh, which I highly recommend really journaling. Mm-hmm. I think my practice of journaling every morning, I also have some prayer Bible reading, those kind of different things to really center me. But my journaling is key because I'm an external processor. Like I think while I talk. And so when I wake up in the morning, I always laugh because I brush my teeth at night and my teeth are all clean. I'm happy. I go to sleep. I wake up with scum on my teeth and scum on my heart is kind of how I say it. And so I want to process the emotions that my sweet little brain has been allowing me to process all night. And it's amazing how much self-awareness I have hearing my thoughts by looking at them. The reason I I implore everyone to journal is so that they can actually, their brain, my brain moves faster than my hand. And so it actually makes me slow down Mm. and really hear myself. And I think that's my, and I've done that since I was like a teenager, So I highly recommend that tool. And plus it's just such good reflection and you get to be in a place of gratitude. I think that's the other piece of journaling that, but I would say number two is I have a very grateful spirit and I'm always looking to be grateful. I articulate what I'm grateful for. And I've made a real practice of just continual gratitude. And it really helps me then not focus on the negativity of what's, you know, plaguing me. Now I'm, I would have the tendency to be overly optimistic in my gratitude, which I, I'm just going to look at the good thing and for, and just deny, but that's not what I'm talking about. Talking about this is what is we have to be grateful and we move on. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. How about you, Melanie? I know you have, you said you've come a long, long way. What are your tips for growing in your self-awareness? Yeah, well, I think the the biggest thing that I, the, the step that I took the, that really sparked a lot of, of my growth was that um, when I was younger, I really thought that good emotional intelligence meant not like letting my emotions affect me in any way, shape or form. And I thought I was doing a good job at that. I thought I was doing that. I'm going to stay rational and logical and I'm thinking this through. Um, And what I I realized later on was that number one, when I do that, I don't, I don't show up authentically with my team because Mm -hmm. I'm not showing them who I am and that I have feelings and I have faults and I have weaknesses. And, and so they didn't really have an opportunity to connect with me. 
because I just kept this wall up, this barrier to say, I'm going to be this person that I want you to see, not who I really am. And so once I started realizing that it was so beneficial for me to be vulnerable in the workplace and really be myself and let my team see me, I saw my relationships completely change with my team. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the hardest thing was making the choice to do that. Yeah. Because I always felt like if I if I do this, I'm not going to be successful. People are going to be looking at me negatively. Um, and in reality, it's the complete opposite. I really had a lot more respect for my team. They wanted to do what I was asking them to do and all of those things. And so really embracing vulnerability uh, was probably the biggest step that I took to that really changed my growth. Yeah. The other thing that I, I really recognized, and this was when I was going through school, I had this class that we started talking about. Um, there's a point between um, stimulus and response. So something happens and then we have this space and we can choose to live in that space uh, where we like really sit with our feelings. We sit with the thing or we can choose to make a decision really quickly. And so what I learned was that the space between my stimulus and my response was just so fast. It was the snap of a finger because I hated being in that space. I hated not knowing what was going to happen. I hated not knowing what the decision was or where I was going. And so I just, just bulldozed through that space. I didn't give my time, myself time to really sit there and think and and really be with people. And so I really didn't understand myself, my feelings, my thoughts, and I didn't understand those things of others. And so what I realized was that when I can slow down and really just be in that space until I have a good idea of where I want to go or where I need to go, um, I can really improve. And so what I started doing was just slowing everything down. I slowed down my thought process. Mm-hmm. I started really just intently listening instead of trying to figure out, okay, I heard part of what you said. Now I'm going to figure out where we need to go, what I'm going to say, how I'm going to sound smarter, whatever that looks like. And so I really just slowed down to say in this moment, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be present and I'm going to intentionally listen. I'm going to intentionally look inward And I'm really going to take everything in so that when it's time to move into that response phase, I have a good idea of all the pieces versus just rushing through. Mm, That is awesome. Yeah, I think I'm in the same journey. I was talking to a group yesterday of executives and leaders and um, I was talking about listening. And I was talking about the fact that, you know, back in the day, um, probably when I was your age or maybe a little younger, even and getting very professional, it was like being busy was a sign of success, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're someone who's busy, you almost want to, wow, they're important. And um, second piece is like someone who always is like, oh, you know what? I'm, I don't know that I can fit you in here. I'm, you know, it's just busy. Um, and the other thing that I found interesting was that the person that had all the answers, like you ask them a question and they instantly know the answer. And so mm-hmm. I began to pride myself because I'm a very quick thinker, or at least I start talking until, so I make you think I know. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I feel like the economy of brilliance has changed and that one, those people who are wise enough and successful enough have figured out how to live a very effective life, very than a busy life. 
And so someone who's busy, 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 um, we're, I think we're, it's so normal now. So the person that has actually figured out how to move slowly, how to be intentional and how to care for their soul are the people we really admire. I think the person that asks the best questions and takes time, thoughtful time, like you were saying, between the stimulus are the people that we look up to now and think, wow, that person is really wise. And so just commenting back as the exact conversation I had just a couple of days ago with a team of like, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're asking really good questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I had a really similar experience to what you're, what you're describing to really get me into the other side, because early on in my career, I thought I had to know all the answers. I had to be the smartest one. I had to have the greatest ideas. And um, in my last job before coming here, I was an executive director and I had, um, I was in charge of both food and beverage and hotel. And for anyone who's been in the hospitality industry, you probably know that those two industries well, technically they're the same, they're completely different. And yeah. so you're really not going to find a whole lot of people that have really great experience in both. And yeah. I was right there in that. So my shankless hotel, that's where I'd spent most of my career. And so I was going into a team where I was managing them and I had very little experience actually in food and beverage. Mm. So I was like, okay, you know, you can really t- take one of two paths here. You can go in and you can say, I know everything. I'm the smartest. I'm the boss. Here I am. Follow me. Or I can go in and be completely honest and say, I don't know a whole lot about this industry. And so at the very beginning, especially, you're going to have to teach me. You're going to have to guide me and share with me because at the end of the day, I'm not here to make all the decisions. I'm here to facilitate the best decisions. Yeah. Oh, that is completely awesome. So what I saw was that my team was able to really perform because they knew that they had my support and I was able to facilitate the conversations, but I empowered them to be the ones who really did the work and knew the things. And so, you know, we got to a point where I did my best to not make any decisions. That was like my whole goal. And when I put it to them of this is your decision, I'm here to support you. You know, we saw growth that I never even thought was possible. Mm, That is incredible. And so, wow, this is a, I just love this conversation because we're in the trenches and we're helping leaders with all of these pieces, but we have to keep doing it ourselves. In the meantime, we're all growing. And I feel like that's the key of self-awareness is an emotional intelligence is how am I showing up? How do I become my best self? And then, you know, like, what am I experiencing right now so that I can modulate, that I can bring it down, that I can regulate so that I can look at you and be fully present. And now I can see how you're doing and make that deep soul connection that we're all looking for. Yeah. And I really hope that everyone that's listening to this or watching this, that takes away is that we're never going to be perfect. We're always going to be growing. And when we can sit here and say, I'm not perfect and I have room to grow. That's when we're really going to succeed as leaders. Yeah. And I think that that's why we need a team like you and, Mm -hmm. you know, just even these conversations, these podcasts that you and I do, we help each other get to our next level. And I just appreciate that about you so much. And I can't wait for our next, I can't wait for next week. I can't wait to see what comes up next time. And so as we land this plane, I'm just so grateful for you, Melanie. I appreciate the fact that 
you and I and Alan and Erica and Scott, we're all working on ourselves so that we can bring our best selves to the table. And may we continue to do that and help our leaders. I just want leaders to realize that they do not, one, do not have to have all the answers. In fact, when you ask better questions, you are more revered too. You've got to take time off. You have to be in a place where you are not running on adrenaline. It's just not good for you. It's not good for your team. And you don't come with creative solutions. And the third thing I'd really like people to walk away from is that you're not done. You're not done growing. We're all growing. And even your coaches are growing. And I know for me, you know, I've been in this business for 23 years and I think I'm still relevant and still um, have so much more to teach because I'm always growing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know that's the same for you, Melanie. And so uh, we will leave and land this plane for now, but we hope that you will, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you will subscribe to us. And if you're on the podcast, go ahead and uh, subscribe and leave us a review. We always love to get those five-star reviews because then other people will find us. So you can find us at shondellgroup.com. And as always, we just ask that you would be the best you could be today. Bye-bye. Bye.